Hello, welcome to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Pod. My name is Nate, and today this will be a solo pod. Pod pal Phil out doing some things for the week. He's not going to be around, so I'm going to handle it for today. He'll be back on Sunday when we do the weekly review. Today, going to go over some stuff regarding the All-Star game, talk about what I liked, talk about some things I didn't like. Overall, it was a fun weekend, a lot of good events that happened, three-point shootout, fun as usual, dunk contest, interesting, and skills challenge, you know, deals with that. But I'm going to focus mainly on the All-Star game today, what I liked, and things that I might want to improve for future All-Star games. Let's get right into it. So, everybody seemed to be pleasantly surprised with how the All-Star game went this year. We know that there were changes to the format, changes to kind of the incentives that were in place. This was something that I wasn't even fully aware of going into the game. But for those who don't know, I'm sure most of you do, but the way that this game was formatted, I'll just run, run it through real quick. They played four quarters, score reset after every quarter, the winner of each quarter. They had a charity assigned to them that was awarded money based on if they won the quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, the total scores came back and they played to 24 more points than the winning team had. Sounds a little complicated, but when you watched it, it wasn't that hard to understand it helps that they had the total score in the top right corner while the quarters were going on which was super helpful I wasn't sure how that was going to look I want to make sure I still knew what was going on in the grand scheme of the game so that was good and of course people were fixated on the way the game ended which was super competitive and that's always awesome you want these all-star games to be competitive you want them to have real game feel who wouldn't want to watch the best players in the league going at full tilt. Now, this also game had a very favorable review. I'm going to grade it a B plus. A lot of people thought it was a hit. A lot of people thought it was perfect. And I thought it was good. I It was a very enjoyable also game for me. One of the more enjoyable ones in recent memory. Other games have good endings too, so it's not like this is the only game that ended well. Some games are just a flop from start to finish, and that was not that, which was nice. I'll give it a B plus. I think some things went really well, better than I expected. And I still think that there are things to work out with the format of the All-Star game that should be considered for the future. So, let's start out with the things I really liked about the game. First off, the resetting of the quarters... Going back to zero each quarter worked better than I thought it would. When I first heard about the format, it didn't make sense to me because I'm thinking, why are you resetting the quarters back to zero when in the grand scheme of things, you're just going to bring the total score back? It didn't make any sense. And I'm sure a lot of people think of the same thing. And at the end of the day, it still didn't really make sense because nothing really mattered in terms of the outcome of the game besides the total score. But... I I liked the way that charities were worked into it, how they won money based on the quarters, it added that extra incentive, and it it gave the game more of a, it gave the quarters, should I say, more of an edge, it it gave it more of a feeling of competitiveness that the players should want to drive, because why wouldn't you, you're helping people out, so that was cool, 
Also, it made each quarter kind of its own little game, which was nice. You could feel the end of each quarter getting a little bit more competitive, which is cool, because the more competitive play in an All-Star game, the better. The less just running up and down, zero defense, lob, layup, dunk, open three-pointer, less of that, the better, also. So that was good. Another thing I enjoyed was the ending, because who wouldn't enjoy the ending? Really competitive, really tough defense. The players cared a lot. That's fun. It was great to watch. We got to see some players go head-to-head in a team setting that we don't always get to. It was cool to see LeBron and Kawhi team up against... Giannis and this this band of what seemed like Eastern Conference stars. It ended up his whole team was practically... It kind of turned into an East-West game, even though it wasn't supposed to be. The Giannis-Kemba duo was pretty cool. Kemba played a really good game, played off of Giannis really well, made some really opportunistic threes, made five threes total for the game. So it was fun to see those kind of duos go head-to-head. And at the end, it was really competitive. Defense was being played very hardly. It wasn't easy to get shots. And it had a real game feel. It had it honestly had a playoff game feel at the end, in the fourth quarter, to get to the win. Now, with that being said, there are some problematic things with this format that I think people are overlooking just because the end of the game was a hard-played fourth quarter. I put that in air quotes, hard-played. It was hard played. I'm not saying that's false, but it also wasn't particularly well played, I thought. It was the game had a weird flow to it because of the resetting of the quarters. In previous All-Star games that ended up being well played All-Star games. What usually happens is okay, the first few quarters there isn't much defense being played. The guys are kind of rubbing up and down. And that that still happened in this game. It's not as if the whole entire contest was just an actual basketball game. Because it wasn't. The, the beginning part was a lot of up and down, layup, lob, dunk. Three, open three-pointer. Stuff like that that you'd see in any other All-Star game. But it got cranked 0-100 to in the fourth quarter. And that's an issue that I have with this format. And with the, the ending being untimed and just playing to a certain score it kind of takes away from the game flow because people the players that are in the game they go in these first three quarters and they they do their thing it's reset to zero and they don't have that final outcome in mind they just play these quarters it's reset to zero they play relatively hard not full tilt and then when that, t- that clock is turned off, and you're just playing to that final score. It gets cranked 0-100, to 100 and the game becomes a lot tighter. And it doesn't seem like a natural progression. That's what I've liked in some other All-Star games, is you can kind of feel the game build. And it's building, and it's building until a climactic final, I don't know, five or six minutes where it turns into a real NBA game with stars. And sometimes it doesn't, as I said. That's what made this game good because it kind of guaranteed that outcome with this ending but and there are some games that 
as I said, are a flop from start to finish and just are boring and no defense is played and there's no sense of competition. But the games that do unwell in previous years have had that natural buildup of, okay, the game is kind of loose, people aren't really playing defense, and then slowly but surely, the game starts to tighten up and teams make subtle back and forths and subtle big shots until finally there's a culmination of the end that seems earned in a way. This happened very suddenly, and honestly, I think it made it maybe hard for the players to adjust because as competitive as the ending was, and it was competitive, the final minutes of this game, I think, and maybe I sound like curmudgeon, I think they did drag a little bit. I think that there was just a lot of stupid shots being taken. There was a lot of fouling, too. Like I don't think the refs wanted to call much because it's an all-star game, but there's a lot of grabbing, a lot of bumping. People were it, it was it didn't seem like a fluid game because it wasn't a fluid game. It's a, it was a choppy game, and that's the way that this that this format renders the game flow to be. Because when you literally reset the score, and then now you get take away the time, and you're just playing to a set score, the game is in its purest form chopped up into segments. And it seemed as if they played a bunch of... They played three games that were, eh, mid-level intensity. And then at the end, played this super high-level but aggressive and almost survival-esque style of basketball. Which is better... Listen, that way of playing, that way of watching from a fan's point of view, especially in an all-star game setting, is better than the loose... Completely no effort style. It's better, undoubtedly. But at the same time, it did feel a little clunky. It, at certain times, felt a little forced. Not forced in the sense that the, the product was forced, but it, it, it didn't seem earned, as I said. There was no game flow. And I think that's very valuable in any basketball game. The build-up. The, the, the trends in the game. Even in a game as meaningless as an all-star game, there's trends, there's ebbs, there's flows. This felt very choppy to me, and that was the main problem. I know it sounds like I'm complaining a lot, but trust me, I did enjoy this all-star game. After watching the game, I walked away thinking about a lot of interesting ideas and kind of pseudo-storylines that developed throughout the game. Watching Kawhi Leonard play alongside LeBron and really stealing the show in his first All-Star game as a Clipper. It was pretty cool. And LeBron played a really good game, too. He had a lot of really nice plays. He played awesome. His his percentage is was 9 for 20, but he shot better than that because he took a couple ridiculous shots that I guess they count, but in the grand scheme of things, didn't really matter that much. He scored 23 points in 18 minutes, 6 assists, 5 boards. He played a really good game, but Kawhi Leonard was spectacular. He made so many tough... Kawhi Leonard-esque shots, 30 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 8 made threes for the claw. And that was awesome to watch. In terms of the other team, I think watching Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid showed me some dog. He seemed pissed. He seemed pissed at the end of the game. He wanted to get a bucket. He wanted his win. He wanted to show that he is 
at the same caliber of LeBron. He is at the same caliber of, as Kawhi. That he is the best big man in the NBA. That he can outplay Anthony Davis. And Embiid played great. He scored 22 points. He had, tw- he had 10 rebounds. And he was the guy at the end of the game when Giannis was struggling at times to get separation. They were feeding Embiid the ball. And they were saying, go get us a bucket. Go make us a play. And whether it was putting that big body down in the paint, whether it was drawing and kicking, he was the catalyst for that offense. So I think a lot of players saw this as an opportunity to kind of shine, saw this as an opportunity to show themselves in their best, in their, in their best version. And it was cool. It was cool to see these players go full tilt. Another wrinkle that was cool. At the end of the game, Team LeBron playing... They're four starters, but didn't play Luka Doncic and played Chris Paul instead, who had an unbelievable showing, made seven threes. And not just some walk-up all-star game threes, which some of them were, but he made some big-time shots at the end of the game when these teams were going full tilt. Luka Doncic sat, because guess what? Chris Paul is the other statesman. Chris Paul earned it. He's also friends with LeBron James, which helps. So this all-star game had a lot of Cool things happen. You add on top the Kobe Bryant element to it. You add on top trying out this new format that I think did work. It did work. I'm not saying it didn't work. I think a lot of good things happened. Better than most All-Star games that I've watched. But I also don't think it's perfect. I also think that there's things to consider, like the fact that the game ended on a free throw. I mean, come on. I'm not saying that Team LeBron deserved to win. They outplayed Team Giannis at the end of the game. The end of the game on the free throw was a little lame. And I don't honestly think that the NBA thought about that when they put this idea for a new format forward. It's not as exciting thinking about this so-called Elam ending, which is what they call it, where you play to a target score instead of a timed ending. I don't think it's as exciting when you imagine Anthony Davis at the line going 1-2 to two at the line instead of maybe James Harden hitting a step-back 3 to win, which could have happened also if they called an offensive foul on, Kyle, on James Harden when he pushed off Kyle Lowry. So with that being said, I enjoyed the All-Star game. But I think these are all things to consider. But that's part of the reason why I really think Adam Silver is a forward-thinking and fitting commissioner for this league because he is somebody who's trying to push the needle he is somebody who is looking forward looking for the next step looking to get an advantage because there are certain leagues that aren't doing anything with their all-star game guess what the product's crap nfl pro bowl it's been crap it is crap nobody watches it nobody cares about it so he's trying to do things to change the product he's trying to get people more engaged and i appreciate that but I also don't think this thing has been totally solved. So that's my thought on the All-Star game. In terms of the contests, they were fun for the most part. I like the three-point shootout. I always do. Buddy healed one. Honestly, not that surprised. I didn't really make any picks for these contests, but Buddy healed is a low-effort shooter, meaning when I, when I watch him shoot the basketball, it never seems like he's putting a ton of effort using his lower body. Very fluent, very smooth. So good for Buddy healed. You know... One more thing to add to his resume. Dunk contest, not bad. Aaron Gordon kind of got robbed. That off-the-backboard windmill 360 was nuts. One of the better dunks I've seen in recent years. 
And the way that it went with the whole scripted ending, the tiebreaker between him and Derek Jones, I don't know. I didn't really care for it personally. I'm also not a huge Don Contest guy. I know some people really get riled up for it. It's not personally my thing. But I thought it was a relatively good product. So those are my thoughts on the All-Star Game events, All-Star Game festivities. I thought it was a really nice weekend. Really nice to have it in Chicago. A place that is really has a deep basketball history in terms of the players that came through Chicago, along with, obviously, the Chicago Bulls having the greatest player of all time, Michael Jordan. The Chicago Bulls were in the center of the NBA when they really became a global sport, when basketball became a global sport, when when the Bulls were just taking the nation by storm. And I wasn't alive during this time, so I can't tell you firsthand, but I know based on my readings and based on all the content I've consumed about the NBA over the years that the Chicago Bulls and the 1990s in general really changed the way that the NBA was viewed and consumed around the world. And Chicago was at the center of it. The city was at the center of it because of Michael Jordan. It wasn't only the Bulls. It was things like the Dream Team. And guess who was in the center of the Dream Team? Michael Jordan. The NBA Finals went through Michael Jordan for six years. Six total years. Six out of eight. Michael Jordan, to this day, is regarded by most as the greatest player of all time. The Chicago Bulls are still one of the most illustrious franchises in the league because of him. And they haven't had the greatest luck these last few years. It looked like they were turning around with Derrick Rose. Clearly things didn't go the way that people wanted it to with the injuries that he suffered. And Chicago's been living in the cellar of the NBA for the last few years. So it was nice to see a city with so much basketball ingrained into its culture, with so much history behind it in the NBA, host an event like the All-Star Game. And in such an important year where we're dealing with the loss of Kobe Bryant and still making sense of his impact on the NBA, making sense of him as a figure, as a player that a lot of people saw as the successor to Michael Jordan, and now the All-Star Game takes place in the city that Jordan played in. We're honoring Kobe. And we're having a very competitive All-Star Game with our current stars. With Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Giannis. Players who have carried the torch after Kobe Bryant. Players who will be in the league as the, the prominent figures. As the faces of the league. Like Michael Jordan was, like Kobe Bryant was. So it was cool to see it in Chicago. It was cool to see how invested that city was in such an important year, in such an emotional year for the league. Dealing with also not only lost Kobe Bryant, but David Stern as well, who was, you know, I don't think people realize probably on a short list of five or ten people as being a pioneer for the league and really pushing the needle forward, along with guys like Jordan and Kobe. So it was a fun weekend. I enjoyed it. Good All-Star weekend. Good product. I'm happy with it. Going into the second half of the year now, I'm recording this on Wednesday. Games start tomorrow. And it's the playoff push, guys. It's the playoff push. For the most part, I think we know the teams that are going to be there at the end of the year. But there's still question marks to be... There's still question marks around some teams. The team that I'm looking at most... It's the team that I was the most confident going into the year about, but who has recently given me the most questions 
and who has made me think the most about what is this team? Is the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers, I still think, have the most talent in the NBA. I still think at full strength they have the best team. And they just made another signing. They signed Reggie Jackson from the Detroit Pistons, who Detroit decided to buy out in their just disaster of a year. Jackson, a scoring guard. Jackson, a guy who could come off the bench, give them a little bit of a spark, and handle the ball. Who can give guys like Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams a break. Who can facilitate other people scoring as well, even though he is probably more of a scoring point guard. But just another guy to add to their arsenal, add to an already insanely deep team. But the fact that this team has not played together... I believe I read recently the Clippers have had their team at full strength for four total games this year. That's a crazy number. That's a crazy idea that a title favorite, a team that I still think will win the NBA title, has only had their team at full strength for four four games in the whole season. We're 50-some-odd games into the season. This is the home stretch. It concerns me that this team doesn't play together often. And I know they'll try to get that sorted out as you get close to playoff time. I'm sure they'll use that first round, maybe even that second round, as a time to feel their team out. But we're getting, we're getting to playoff time. And the closer we get to playoff time, the closer we get to some of these more competitive matchups. So we'll see if the Clippers have some growing pains with this roster. We'll see if their lack of continuity, if their lack of maybe cohesion is going to hurt them in the playoffs. Because I know other teams like the Los Angeles Lakers, like the Utah Jazz, the Denver Nuggets, they've been on the, on the same page the whole year. There hasn't been a lot of disconnection. Obviously, every team deals with their injuries here and there. But the Clippers, some, I, I turn on Clippers games night in and night out, and I don't even know who's playing is Kawhi, is Kawhi playing tonight? Is Paul George playing tonight? Is Lou Williams playing tonight? I'm never really sure. So it's hard for me to make sense of a team that I haven't seen very frequently at their full strength. So that concerns me. I still think they're the best team in the NBA. I still have them winning the NBA title. But that is a team that I'll be closely watching, especially if hopefully we get more looks at them as a full unit. I want to see how this team is and how they can play consistently but hey Ulster break is over we're heading to the second half of the NBA season I'm excited for it so as always thank you for listening to another edition of the Hoop Scoop Pod my name is Nate and if you like our content follow us on Twitter at Hoop Scoop Pod like us on or not like us excuse me listen to us on Anchor Podcasts Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts Spotify, wherever you guys get our content. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you for tuning in for another scoop of the hoop.